Hello, beautiful people all over the world. This is Christian Shabby, your host of Healthy, Wealthy, and Happy. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. This is Christian here with another informational podcast. I have a special guest with me. Go ahead and introduce yourself. My name is Sylvanus Tobias, a Van Tobias. Yes, sir. And he is actually my god brother. And the crazy thing is, is when my father first got here and his father first got here, they basically were like roommates and they built up. And now, you know, through that, me and him are here. It's crazy how... You know, little things like that can change everything. And, and like, he's like my best. I view him like a brother. I don't even view him like a friend or anything like that. So you guys know, I always bring on people who I find who are iconic. Um, This is my god brother. He, one, owns his own landscaping business. Also has been DJing for how many years? Seven, eight years now, yep. Yep. So oh, I'm sorry, 15 years. <laughs> 15 years, yeah, he being humble. He being humble. <laughs> So and what, I, what I mean by DJing, we're not talking about practicing in a basement. We're talking about multiple, multiple weddings. We're talking about multiple, multiple club events. We're talking about traveling all throughout the United States and charging people four figures and up to come out and DJ. So I just want to make that clear. Um, also, he started his own landscaping business, has his equipment, trailers, and he also... Uh, works at the airport part-time, which allows them to also do everything that he's doing. So without further ado, I'm going to have my boy uh, Tobias kind of talk about his childhood. We're going to start everything from the beginning. and We'll go through the whole story, and we're going to be talking about business, females, relationship, growing up in America, being a foreigner, and all the good stuff. All right, so let's go ahead and dive in. So, hello, everybody. My name is Sylvanus Tobias. A lot of people don't know. People just know me by Van Tobias. Because a lot of people can't remember or pronounce my name, Sylvanus Tobias. So, basically, our parents, <laughs> a lot of people don't know, our parents were actually roommates. They came from Africa years ago in the 70s. And um, they were, like, roommates, next-door neighbors. And uh, they just, like... They helped each other, you know. And others. And others, you know, just their day-to-day lives. And they became, like, brothers, as we are today, me and my god brother here, Christian. So the crazy thing is, and this is what, like, growing up in an African home, like, your parents don't tell you nothing. You know what I'm saying? Because my dad never even told me, you know, the whole relationship. He was just like, hey, that's your uncle. You know what I'm saying? That's your godfather. This is your godfather. You know, that's basically what he told me. He didn't tell me all the beginnings. So, so this is actually my first time hearing this. And I'm going to tell my dad about this later on. Like, why didn't you tell me? Now I understand how you guys are so close. So you told me that basically earlier before we started this, your dad and my dad lived together. They came here from Africa, which you guys understand the circumstances that they came from. You guys have no idea. They, 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 They didn't hop the border. Okay, they weren't working for the, you know, I ain't going to say them. They weren't no coyotes. They were sitting on there with a little package to America. No, they had to pay money to get here. So they're from, we would say, Western Africa. We're from the country of Benin and Togo. And basically, we come from two small countries, and we somehow made it 
like our father somehow made it here. And because of that, you know, me and him have been very keen on like taking that opportunity and making sure that we use it fully because when we go back, we could have been over there, but now we have the opportunity to be in America. And that's why since we got out of high school, or even while we were in high school, we capitalized on business for that reason because we don't want to waste opportunity that was given to our fathers. So we're not really here to talk about them too much, but we just want to give you that background information. Go ahead and talk about kind of like your childhood, how you grew up with your dad, your mom, and what encouraged you and guided you on the road to one being a DJ and then whatever, um, talk about certain struggles or things you you learn growing up here being a foreigner for anyone who is a foreigner and was born here and has to deal with the certain stigmas and pressures there are of being an African immigrant that was born here. Because technically we're African-American because we were born here, but our heritage and our, you know, where our people come from, from Africa, but our culture we were born in was in America. Like people be thinking like, yeah, we were like, we know everything about Africa. Like we know, but we were born here just like you guys, just like everybody else. Right. We watched the same cartoons, ate the same, it's all the same stuff. Right. We, we, weren't, we weren't born with dashikis on or whatever the hell y'all be seeing on the internet. But we will rock them. Right. We definitely do on the weddings. Crispy. Handmade. Right. But um, <laughs> go ahead and uh, explain some of that. Right. So, you know, our parents came here, you know, back in the day with nothing in their pockets. I mean, just... Vision on going to school and becoming something. Yep. My father and Christian's father, you know, just so happened to meet each other because my father is from Togo, western part of Africa. His father's from Benin, uh, western part of Africa. And they're neighboring countries. So, in a way, they speak some languages close to each other. We all have the same tribe, but when the Europeans came down, they wanted to divide Africa up in order to effectively, sorry for interrupting, but in order to effectively take over the whole continent, they could not have like five countries right next to each other. There weren't even countries there before. Before Europeans got there, there was no such thing as Benin or Togo. Right. We all just lived in our own neighborhoods, villages, whatever you want to call it. And... We basically, you know, like whoever lived in your village spoke your language, looked like you. That's how it was. Right. We didn't have like, you know, from 50 miles that way, 50 miles that way. We're all <laughs> under the U.S. corporation in the United States of America. We, we didn't have all that. Right. That right. was our European system. So before that, we were, you know what I'm saying? Our, yeah. our people were neighbors. We talked to each other. There was no border. So I just want to make that distinction. So let me just summarize for what Christian is saying. Basically, a lot of people don't know. Africa is not a country. Correct. <laughs> it's a continent. Like, it's a continent and it has countries in it because they were colonized, because those countries are colonized by different people. That's why, you know, you go to Nigeria, they speak English because it was colonized by British. They correct. speak British English. British you know, English, yep. They, not go, American English. You know, you go to Kenya, they speak Swahili, uh, Swahili uh, Portuguese and all that. Yep. You know, you go to other countries, they speak French because it was kind of, they were colonized by people. Right. So that, that, you know, 
That's what people need to know. They don't, don't just say, I went to Africa. What country are you from in right. Africa? And they're all different. Different heights, different skin colors, right. different tones. Just like in right. Asia. Right. Not everybody in Asia looks like they're from China. China. <laughs> there are people in, from Asia right. that are dark as hell. Right. right. And I lived so, in Guam, been to the Philippines, you know. and I also been to Tokyo. You know. So I can so I can I can I can DJ an event and I can tell right away what country they come from based on their looks. We all look different. A lot of people don't know. They say all Africans look the same. No, we look different. We have different looks. Yeah, different features. We have different features, height, things, you know. Skin tone. You know, you know, I mean, um There are light skinned Africans, by the way. They're from (laughs) the north. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's some in the South too. Like they were just born light skinned. Yeah. So not mixed. So, you know, our parents bringing us, you know, having us in America. I don't know about Christian, but my father, I was born here. And then my father and my mother took me back to Africa, left me there for a couple of years and brought me back. So Why, I, by the way? <laughs> Do you know why? I hear that so a lot. I asked my mother, I asked mom, and she was like, to know my roots. She doesn't want me to ever forget my roots, basically, and to know where I come from. And I actually lived with my grandma, so yeah, I got whooped with a cane, you know. So tell them, tell them some stuff because they don't know at all, you, you know, know what I'm saying? Some of this, I don't even know. I lived with my grandma and, you know, my cousins, so it's just... It's a different vibe. To learn, and then they brought me back because I'm born here. So a lot of people don't know I'm, I'm a dual citizen. So I was just waiting on, you know, Trump to, you know... <laughs> Open the borders up. I'm gone. I might do the same thing, actually. But, you know, it is what it is. So we were raised as African-Americans, you know, growing up. So, you know, Christian and I remember, we were from diapers, and we used to play in the backyard. Every day. You know, we would fight, he threw a snowball at me, I started crying. I remember that. My bad, bro. I remember that. Was it me or my brother? Oh, I I think it was Grashi. Yeah, Yeah, it was him, bro, because he the crown. And, you know, and I always used to bug my dad. I'm like, can we go to Christian and Grace? Yeah, you know. This is my brother right here. So, I I mean, y'all, y'all just excuse me. I'm just loving this moment right now. I know because it's got us thinking, like, you know, when you go through life, you already think about all your friends in the, in the good time. But now that we have the chance to do this podcast, we're going real in, in depth in the detail and remembering everything. Yep, yep. But we go add all the value for you guys yep, instead of have a little family yep. reunion. So, and then one distinction I just want to make of what you said, and I realized, like, why I kind of, you know what I'm saying? Like, when I started hanging around more Africans, I realized that I didn't understand the food, the culture, as much as you and certain other Africans that grew up here. And now I understand it's because basically your mom and your dad sent you back to get culture. And I think that's a great thing for anybody who is of African heritage, which you need to do a DNA test. You don't just to guess what you are. Just facts. Okay. So uh, I'm not saying you got to give up your, your hair samples and weird, <laughs> weird companies out there, but you need to figure out where you came from. Because no. if you think you came from Virginia... You are sadly mistaken. Exactly. Your ancestors were somewhere. They weren't there for 10,000 years. You know. Okay? And then also a lot of people in America are mixed with all type of things. So if you're in America, you probably got all type of shit in you. you know. I hate that. I hate that. I took a chick out on a date, and I asked her where is she from. She said New Orleans. I was like, oh, my God. Well, it's just it's ignorant. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or like, Atlanta. That's, or... <laughs> no, no. I just want to be real because, like, 
that just means like you so much of a slave. Imagine back in Egypt when they had, you know, let's just talk about that story, right? Let's imagine when the Egyptians and the Jews and the Jews were there, that 2,000 years later, the Jews are like, yeah, we from Egypt. <laughs> you was a slave 2,000 years ago, and now you saying, yeah, I'm from Cairo. How come you don't look like everybody? Uh, I'm from Cairo. I don't know. That's where my grandpappy and my, my grandma said, uh, that's where we always been. Right. You got to remember where you from. Malcolm X said that. We ain't going to talk about him too much, but <laughs> go study him and read a little bit about what he had to say. Right. I don't agree with everything, but he has some gems. But we're going to talk about that whole African, African-American thing. All right, we might as well bring it up now because we grew up. I don't know about you. Like, I'll, I'll say my story. I grew up with my parents being here. Our dads both left, went back home, got a girl from uh, <laughs> from Benin and, and married them and came right. back. And... They did like a boss too, by the way. Yeah. They did. <laughs> but we're gonna talk about that. But um, so they did that, right? And I was born on the east side of, you know, of Michigan, kind of, and you were on the west side. And I grew up going to Christian schools, Detroit Public Schools, all type of different schools. And I've always grew up here being different because to the African Americans, I was African by my name, because they knew right, you know, when I by my name and my last name. And by the whites, they're like, yeah, you definitely, Caucasian people, you're definitely African. You know what I'm saying? You're not even, they could kind of tell, like, yeah, he's a little bit different. So me and him, we've always had to grow up in this yeah. weird niche of, like, yeah. being African, but also being American. And I had a great discussion with my nephew last night about this. And as black people, we need to stop. If you're not black or black heritage, this doesn't apply to you, which this podcast is for everybody. But I'm just talking to the black people now. If you are mixed or have any type of black in you, you should never be talking smack or putting down your people in any way, shape, or form. To have African-Americans talk smack about Africa where they've never been, or even if they have, because every African-American that has been to Africa loves it. Shit, name me any famous basketball player or superstar, Cardi B, anybody went to Africa and, and was like, that was a piece of shit. I'll never go back. None of them. Luda said all the baddest girl from what? Africa. All right, so, you know what I'm saying? And guess what? Africa was the place of where everything started. Right. So if you are disgracing the first people who helped populate the whole world, you're dumb. And if you are black and you disrespect Africans or African-Americans or anybody with dark pigment and you have some dark pigment, not only are you disrespecting yourself and your parents and your offspring subconsciously and indirectly, you know what I'm saying? You're, you're definitely doing it. You see what I'm saying? Like you know? even, People are like, well, you don't get what you're saying and doing, but that's what you're doing. Yeah. If you yeah. were to be smart and have a good strategy, African-Americans and Africans would be working together and doing business together mm-hmm. and yep. building powerful cities in America and in Africa and growing together. But in order for us not to do that, we need to be split up and hate each other and Africans going to call... Africans American ghetto and hood rats or whatever they call them and talking smack, which they don't even know what they talk about. And then African Americans gotta stop saying stuff about Africans and you know what I'm saying, saying in that they they sold us out and y'all be rocking around no clothes. Y'all don't even know. If you haven't been to Africa, it's a, you just seen shit that you saw on National Geographic, okay? Which obviously people are gonna show you what they want to show you, okay? Because if you go look, go look up African cities right now on Google, okay? Go look up Nigeria. You know what I'm saying? Go look. Just yep. put in African cities. You know what I'm saying? People be thinking that's what they want to think. They want you to think you came from the jungle. 
You see what I'm saying? You know, That's not the truth. They ask, how many times you been to Africa? I've been to Africa four times. How many lions have you seen? Let's be real. How many elephants have you seen? <laughs> They're in a zoo. We have zoos. We have zoos, stuff. just like over here. No, I'm serious, bro. How, how many elephants have you seen? You know the only wild animal I saw in Africa? A rattlesnake. And I didn't even see it because it was ran over on the road. That was it. I was so pissed when I was a kid, bro. I was like, man, this won't be dope. I'm about to see giraffes, freaking elephants, nope. hippopotamus. I ain't see nothing. Nope. I was asking my parents, they're like, wow, you really watch a lot of TV. No, they put them in zoos. You can't have no modern society with tigers running around. <laughs> the hell y'all think this is? You no, know, I mean, Steve Harvey went to Ghana. Akon, he's from Senegal. And I mean, a lot of people don't know, Africa is pretty known for gold and diamonds. Right. And all other resources. So, I mean, Africa, me and Christians, our parents' generation, down onto us, actually grew up in the city. We did not grow up in the village. They grew up, yeah. yeah my, dad, a lot of people don't know. Yeah. We have Mercedes. We have all trucks. We have all... Oh, you talking about all like, our people back home? Know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> we have yeah. all that. They don't we, even know, man. We don't just ride listen, on listen. cheetahs. Right. Okay? Our, our people, we, right, we got compound, okay? A compound is like a gated... Like it's like you know. a couple acres gated with bricks, with two like what, what are, uh, like cement bricks, cement bricks with yep. big metal gates, and it's a compound. You got multiple houses and living dwellings in there, yep. and you have a security guard. And in Africa, people have drivers. Okay, <laughs> yes. in Africa, you can live like a king. So yes. y'all, you know what I'm saying? That's why I'm stacking my bag here. No. I ain't gonna say too much. IRS maybe no. listening, but. <laughs> I'm stacking my bag up here, and I'm I'm going out there spending a hundred grand. I'm gonna look like a hundred billionaire. Hey, so, hey. so, but no, no, that's true. That's true. Tell them about that because people are always thinking like, bro, like my aunt works yeah. at Toyota in Benin. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I got my uncle. My other uncle works at the port. Yep. He's got a Lexus. Yep. You know what I'm saying? They got two, three thousand square feet. All your people got degrees and money. Yep. My other, I can't say what my other uncle, but my other uncle did you know some special op stuff. Yep. In Europe, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, like, how many PhDs you got in your family or masters? We, we got a couple. I mean... From Africa. It's crazy because, I mean, my dad's sister, she's a congress lady in Congo, I heard. And then, um, so my dad's father, he worked for United Nations. Uh, basically, if you're trying to get a visa to come to America, you would go through him. So my dad coming to America... My dad's story was kind of like... Coming to America, the movie. Literally. <laughs> like, his very first job was McDonald's. For real? I swear. And and he was telling me the story. And, you know, I was I was looking at, you know, all my dad's income from when he, from 1970s to now. And, you know, when he, back then, he only got, like, I think $139 a year. He was only making that a year. A year. When he first came. I guess it was, like, because he first came and, you know. But... Crazy, so a lot of a lot of now, my he's he's a six know, figure. Now guy. he's like we don't say too much. You know, but. now he's making it, and I'm like, huh, okay. Right. <laughs> my dad's like, just keep hustling. You're gonna get it. Keep hustling, exactly. and you know. So I mean, it's cool. A lot of my family members. I'm not gonna say we were rich, but we, we were. You know, yeah, we weren't. That's what I'm saying. Like, know, I don't know that many Africans. And I've been there. We know a lot of Africans in Michigan. I don't know that many Africans that like, yeah, man, I grew up in a hut right. uh, where like me and my parents, we cooked on a pot. You know what I'm saying? We, no, 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 no. I don't know any people who really like, yeah, we grew up on the street. I know more people in Michigan that grew up in abandoned houses than I do know in Africa. Right. 
So there's been a real misconception. And don't talk about something you don't know. Yeah. It's so ignorant to talk about a country or a place you've never been. I don't talk shit about uh, China because I've never been to China. I don't talk shit about Mexico. I've never been to Mexico. I heard the rumors, but I've heard good and bad. I don't just hold on to the negative. But that's not what we really want to talk about. But for anybody out there who's African, you know, I hope, you know what I'm saying, or African-American, I hope I can, you guys understand what we're saying. And I hope everybody cuts that in the dud because you look real dumb. I've never seen an Italian person talk shit about Italy. Like, oh, Italy's a piece of crap. Oh, Italy's trash. I've never seen Chinese people in America talk, oh, China's garbage. (laughs) Oh, man, I'm so happy. I've never even met a Chaldean guy who said, oh, yeah, in Iraq, man, it was horrible. They all told me when Hussein was in, they was eating. <laughs> they loved that. You know what I'm saying? They're just like, yeah, we had to come here because, you know, it got a little hot. The people just come here to have a, they just want to get rich, have a better, more opportunities. It's not because their countries are horrible. Because back there, everybody's having fun. Everybody's drinking. Nobody's stressed about wearing, you know, buffs or, you know what I'm saying, Louis Vuitton slippers. Everybody's happy. Africa is Africa is beautiful. It's very beautiful. We just come here to make money and take it back, <laughs> right. you know, to invest. But like I was, I was sitting down with pops the other day, and uh, you know, I just asked him some questions and stuff. And I, you know, he was a really hustler because you know my dad owns his own cleaning business. He owns a cleaning company for all the DTE and AT&T buildings in Michigan. Hold up! Hold Literally. up! Hold up! <laughs> See this. You know what I'm saying? We trying to explain. I'm going to explain what my dad is in a minute, but let's just let's say that one more time. Your dad owns a cleaning business. He came to America in the 70s. Both for me and your dad, because my dad told me they lived in Detroit and like a piece of shit play. And he used to say every time like gunshots going off, all type of shit, came for nothing. And now he owns a cleaning business that does all the accounts for DTE and what else? And AT&T. And AT&T. All of them. So anything is possible. If our fathers can come from countries that were raped and completely destroyed by France and then later on Russia, because I don't know if your dad told you, my dad had to work in the Russian, you know what I'm saying? He had to work for the Russians when they were there, and he showed me all the pictures of him with the AKs. Because when you live in a, uh, a communist country and you're a male, you got you to put in your work. There ain't no options. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Everybody know how to shoot a K in Russia. But um, So, I mean, that's just why... You know, Christian and I, we have this power that, you know, a lot of people don't know. They ask, oh, why all these foreign people get all these jobs? You know, Arabs own all the gas stations, liquor stores. Listen, we come to this country because we have people depending on us back home. And we go to school, make our money, take care of our family back home. I have people who depend on me back home. Right. I send money. Even though my parents are here, I send money to my cousins. Me too. To go to school, to get an education, to... Because they're counting on us. They're counting on us. We can't be like, oh, we can't help you out because we had to go buy a new pair of Jordans. You know? That's irresponsible. That's not moving the culture and your people ahead. Your family and your friends don't get better by you buying more Chinese-made sneakers. So our parents, the stuff that they did, I mean, we got no choice but to just carry it and continue it. And my dad actually... He is getting close to... I think your dad retired. Yeah, yeah my dad retired. Your, your dad yeah. retired. Your dad retired. And my father's... Is, he's actually at the age of retirement, but he's like, hey, I'm not an OG. I still got energy. Shoot. Yeah, keep doing. So he, he said he's going to retire in about, I think, a year or two, I think it is. And uh, 
I was just talking with Pops. I just remembered. I was talking with Pops, and he was like, he just got done building his house back home in Togo. And he bought 10 solar panels. He's and he's sending it there. He's going to use that type of electricity. Yeah, he's from, like, yeah, yeah. He's and smart. I'm like, what? My mom, she's like, yeah, I'm getting close to retirement too. And she's building a house too in Benin. She is? So I'm like, <laughs> okay, so I got a house in Togo. I got a house in Benin. Shoot. We good. Yeah. My, da- right. <laughs> my dad got one too, low key. You know? My dad got one too. He told me he's actually going. I think he's about to go this year. He gotta go check it out. You know, I was like, yeah, man, you better get there, get and, it ready for me. And the way they build houses back home is incredible. Yeah, I mean, here they build houses out of wood. It burns down. Yeah, we everything's out of brick. Metal, they build houses stone. out of cement blocks. Yeah, you can light you gonna, it on fire. You don't. You don't have to come in there with a with a grenade. <laughs> You know, you ain't, listen, you're going to drive through it and your car going to bounce right back off. You know what I'm saying? You know? They so, probably made the bricks from hand. They're huge. No, I'm just saying. So, you know, we're just saying these things because we're proud to be an African American. For real, for real. You know, because we, we grew up getting picked on all type of shit that we didn't yeah. do. Like, y'all don't, you don't know the, like, you know, and I'm not trying to attack anybody, but for people who are like, oh, you sold us out. You, you got facts on that? You got proof? Show me the paperwork. You don't run around life just talking. And I was like, so approximately 1.8 million slaves. So you think that while people were warring around in villages, you think that people were enslaving hundreds of thousands of millions of people and then selling them? You're you're crazy. You're crazy. And also, you got to understand the circumstances. Like, you had some people pull up to a village and be like, listen, we're either going to kill all you guys or you guys go help us. Right. So when you in that in that circumstance, somebody come to you, with some fire sticks, and they just showed you in two seconds that they were going to kill you, and they tell you, like, hey, you need to go help me find some people or I'm going to rape your wife and all your daughters and kill you and your sons? What are you going to do? So there's a, it's a lot of, it's a touchy subject. So to just loose-mouthly be saying stuff for those who've done it, I'm talking to you for those who done, who have not done it. I'm not talking to you, so you good. But who those who can remember what they said in the past towards any person that you don't understand them circumstance, just stop doing that. Because at the end of the day, when you're on your deathbed, you're going to feel like a ham once yeah. you get the full picture of the scenario. So yeah, so let's uh, let's move on. Let's talk about your mom's business because your mom also has a healthcare business and she's doing very well. Let's talk about that. Yeah, yeah. So my mother, so my father, I said my father, he has his own cleaning business, blah, blah, blah. My mother, she actually, when she first came here to America... She had her own braiding uh, salon. Correct. Um, Which on... my sister used to work for. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so I would say she was one of the first Africans in the metro Detroit area that actually had a braiding salon back then. I don't... Correct. Now you see all these other African braiding salons, but my mom was the very first. For real. Like, everybody like, knows in the community you know, for doing that, for sure. You know, she did 112. She braided their hair. She did Brandy's hair. She did... Oh, she did Omarion. She did. Wait, wait, wait. Why did you tell me this? <laughs> you jumping fire. Hey, I just found out, man. I just found out like a few years ago, man. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Drop the babes again. Your mom did whose she hair? Did but you know, she didn't even know who they were. You know, she was just African. Yeah, you know, yeah, she probably didn't, she didn't even, even know. know who they were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Mom, happened. I love you if you're listening to this podcast. She should have cracked their head. Like. But yeah, she was one of the first. I'm joking on that. You know, and I think a lot of you guys who are listening, if you know where Club Yesterday is, uh, it's actually off of 
Telegraph in 96, I think it is. My mom used to have a salon, like, right in that plaza. I remember that. And, um, you know, she was one of the first. I mean, she had nail techs. She had everything you can name. Barber. She had lashes. Somebody did lashes. She had everything in there. People just come and rent a booth and just make their money, you know. And then she she got tired of that a few years. Well, she was doing hair, and then she went to become a general manager for the Western Hotel. Mm-hmm. She worked there, and then she worked her way up as a general manager, and she just got tired of it at the airport, and she got tired of it, and she decided to go into home care. She likes taking care of elderly people, so, and she actually, she's making good, she, she works in West Bloomfield, Beverly Hills area, and, you know, Gross Point, you know, oh, and you know. She, she lives with them, so she's making money. <laughs> she's making that money. You know? you know, my mom did that same thing for about 10 years, too. Yeah. My mom used to actually work for, um... She did home care for the one of the, the ladies who's related to the people who started Big Boys. Mm-hmm. And she's like, that lady was loaded. So when mom, you know, when mom closed her braiding salon, she just shipped all her clients to Blanca, you know? Yeah, which is my sister. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's, now my sister has her own right. uh, company. And that's like, that's that working together you know? thing. You know so what I'm saying? So she, she's taking over mom's legacy. Like, she's continuing that. And that, I think that's beautiful, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And... You know what I'm saying? And that's that's the thing about giving back. And, like, dude, Africans, like, we try a lot to do that. And, like, I encourage all African and African-Americans, if you are that, to work together with everybody. You know what I'm saying? Don't just do business with people in your family or people that look like you. You know what I'm saying? Do business with everybody and try to help anyone who's less fortunate than you at all times because it's going to help you in the long run. Right. But go back because I, I had no idea. You said your mom did Brandy's hair? She did Brandy. She did 112. She did... Uh, Amorian. Amorian. She did... Uh, I can tell she did Amorian. I have the pictures at home. I had to go back and look. Like She took pictures with them, too. What? It's crazy. I was like, what? You met these people? My mom was like, at that time, she didn't know who they were. She just, just did their... I think they came to town and they had a concert to do and they needed somebody to braid their hair. So somebody, you know... Contacted your mom. Contacted my mom and my mom was like, okay, I can do it. So she closed her shop for that day. And they read over there. It was a lot of traffic up there, too. I I think I remember. I was so young, but I remember, like, police and everybody was up there. I was like, I was just so young, so I didn't know what was, was going on. What was going on. That's crazy, you know? though. That's crazy, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Don't your mom got, like, infinity truck or something? Yeah, she has uh, Nissan Armada, yeah. Yeah, she has Nissan Armada. She got to get a vet. Yeah, well, she Mom. wants to get something else now, so I'm like, ah. I like it. I love your mom. She's like a hustler. Every time I talk to her, she's always encouraged me to to go hard and, and to do better and to keep going at it, and I love that because my mom is I'm a little different than that. Right. So, my, for example, so your parents became business owners. Right, right. Yeah, you know, my dad became a teacher and professor. He did have his first a couple businesses when he got here, but his main profession was a teacher, and he taught at Wayne State. He actually taught him Macomb too. He actually told me he used to. Uh, he don't know their names, but he uh, he taught like three hockey students. And like my dad's been teaching for so long, bro. Like people call me Shabby son. You know what I'm saying? Like once they know my dad, they're like yeah, your dad was my teacher. I'll be in the middle of the hood somewhere, and they're like, "Did your dad used to teach at this school?" I'm like, "Yeah, you look just like him." I'm like, how the hell did you pick my black ass out? And you remember my dad? You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's funny because. My dad used to teach French, too, uh, in Oak Park. Like, after school, he taught French for, like, some of the kids that stayed after, you know. 
Yeah, my dad taught French too. That's crazy. So, yeah, we just want to go on that, on that stuff. So, I'm gonna move forward with. Uh, let's talk about basically how you got into DJing. Okay, because I don't know most Africans. Y'all got y'all become engineers. I could talk shit because I am one, right? Y'all engineers, you know, doctor, you know, all that good stuff. I got into it for the women, for for the beautiful ladies out there listening. <laughs> for the music, the music. <laughs> Hey, that's a good motivation. No, no, actually, actually, uh, so my story about DJing, I've been DJing about 15, I lost track, like 15 years now, 15, 18 years now, crazy. I started at a really young age, you know, just love of music I had, and um, what actually got me into DJing um, was my parents always played music in the house, so I was always, like, listening to it on the records and on the cassette tapes and stuff. And, you know, my father's side of the family, they're musicians. So, you know, I guess music is just in my blood, you know. And um, what got me into DJing was that growing up, I would hear all these DJs, like, on the radio station and stuff like that. And I would listen to Jazzy Jeff growing up. And, you know, I would see people... DJ and I'm like, huh, I wanna I wanna try to, you know, try that. And and what actually got me into DJing, I wanted to fuse reggae and African music and hip hop and American music. Cause I wasn't hearing any DJ that did that back then. Back then you could not play reggae on the radio station. They would kick you off. The moment you start playing Jean Paul. Or something, they would kick you like, "What are you doing, man?" Like it happened to me. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so I'm like, so nowadays when I hear like people listening to Davido, right, and Nigerian and music Boy, and all that, yeah, bro. I'm like, y'all so fake. First y'all, y'all was cooking these people. Now I'm in the hood downtown. You know what I'm saying? I remember what club I was at, and I'm like, is this African music? You know, at the early stages, I tried to, and what I started doing was like mixing Rihanna with. American artists and stuff, like the acapellas. So I would get acapellas and stuff and just mix it in. They'd be like, well, I never heard of this before, you know? But my thing was I was trying to, like, introduce African music to the American culture. I wanted people to hear not only African, but Afro-Caribbean music. And so I, I was getting sent to, like, these parties, these American parties, underground parties, and I was trying to push reggae in there. Like, I played in there, and people wouldn't dance. I remember. They wouldn't dance. Back in 20... As a matter of fact, I DJed my own coming home and homecomings really? and prom. And I went to all-white school, and they're like, okay, this is all-white school, and this guy is playing African music at an all-white school. But... <laughs> I'm like, bro, <laughs> you know? I would never... <laughs> I went to the, I was in the other suburbs. Hey. You know? Yeah. So, but they loved it. Yeah, they loved it, you know? And um, we so, had a lot more African, well, some African kids going to your school. I yeah, think I, I was did, probably yeah. the only one in my school. Yeah. yeah. At first I was, and then uh, we started getting more from like, you know, that whole school of choice. People started coming, coming. from other places. So DJing, I, you know, I was DJing in school, and, you know, I played, I was all year round athlete in high school. So I played football, basketball, and track. Yeah. All uh, three. Talk about your football career a little bit, too, a little bit. I don't want to throw you off. <laughs> so, it was cold. My football career, I mean, I originally started playing soccer. And then uh, I think my sophomore year, they heard that I had speed. And they they're like, and people were, you know, they wanted me to move up to football. And I never played football a day in my life. And my coach was like, hey, just come to the weightlifting. And, yeah, you know, football, not football. Yeah. Football. <laughs> American football. You know? Just in case the Africans listen, they're getting confused. We got you, my baby. <laughs> 
So basically, you know, I tried. So the very first thing they did, they put me in was uh, punter or field goal kicker. And I, they put me to punt the ball. I punt the ball. And I tackled the guy. I tackled the guy like, I think at the 30-yard line or something like that. And there, and then th- that was when my coach found out that I had speed. And he moved me to running back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. First, he moved me to free safety. And I was killing over there. And then he moved me to running back. And then, so I was running back, corner, and free safety. You know? So... I was planning on going to like Eastern or uh, I had scholarships going to uh, Toledo Rockets. I didn't know that. Cincinnati and um, Concordia. Uh, Concordia, I think it's a Christian college. But I think my senior year, I stepped in a rabbit hole and I sprained my ankle. So, you know, it was really bad. And I and my parents were like, you really want to do this? <laughs> you know, because they didn't want me playing football at, at all at first. Yeah. And I stuck it in. Like, I, I went and made like, some I'm money. Doing and it. I, I did it my own, you know? They're like, like, yeah, how about you go to engineering know? school? You know? My mom never came to any of my games, but my dad did. See, see, that's <laughs> what they don't get. Like, when you African, bro, we don't get... No, no, real talk. How many times your mom has said, I love you? Oh, she says it, you know, but... But is it like how American, it's not the same. Like, my mom, she says, my mom, no, I'm my mom has said it. But it ain't all the time, like, how people, like, it's very, it's sprinkled throughout my life. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not weekly. Yeah. Is it monthly? Yeah. I mean, she says it, you know. Sometimes she'd be like, give me a hug or something, or in my language or something. Or she'd be like... I don't know. Well, she says it in a way. She sends me little messages on WhatsApp. See, know? that's that's nice. My mom don't do none of that shit. <laughs> My mom be like, uh... Well, we're grown now, so it's like... That know. marble table you broke when you was eight, that was about 800. <laughs> mom, I love you. I'm just playing with you. you. Know? But yeah, I mean, back to the DJing. You know, I was DJing, you know, after we had a game on Friday. You know, we would have an after party. So I would go home and get my stuff and, you know, just DJ, you know, but... And ever since then, you know, I've been DJing. I kept progressing. I shadowed my uncle, DJ Sam, which is actually in Africa right now. He's retired, so he just joined his room. He's the one that actually taught me about mixing music. And, uh, you know, I shadowed him. The very first Afro-Caribbean club that was open in Detroit, Tropical Hut, mm-hmm. on Live Noise. I wasn't even old enough to go to that club. And I was literally there. A lot of people don't know. I was there burning CDs and... In the booth doing uh, with thing. my uncle. You know, I seen some things that I wasn't even old enough to see in that club. <laughs> I don't know how you remember that club, Tropical Hunt, man. That I, thing was you took me hour. there. Yeah. It used to be at the hour? Yeah. Uh, you know, then, then it was uh, Club Caribbean. And then, uh, you know, so since then, you know, I used to shout out my uncle. He did the African World Festival, Heart Plaza, Belle Isle. Yep. And then, you know, I just decided to become my own DJ and uh, I continued, you know. Okay. When I'm uh, doing what I'm doing, and uh, I'm traveling all over DJing for three, 300 people, 500 people, like the capacity of these weddings that I DJ is just ridiculous. Like, so what's what's the biggest wedding you've done, people wise? Just so I know, because I don't know, and so they know. The biggest wedding I've done was actually it was like 400 or something like that people, and um, it was actually a, a Nigerian lady getting married to. Uh, Lebanese guy. No. No. Yeah. All right. And it was interesting. Money's because, in the air. Oh, yeah. It was, it was interesting because Africans, they spray money. Uh, we're talking about Arabics, man. They Nigeri- Nigerians do all that money throwing at the wall. We don't do that in Benin. 
They rent these machines Actually, that I don't throw know. money. Arabic's, I don't know if you've ever been to an Arabic. The thing. little sprayer gun thing? No. They had like cranes, like these caterpillar things, like these belt loader things that just throw money. <laughs> what? I mean, we spray money, but they spray money too. It's crazy. <laughs> I doubt that's Dude. Good. Yeah, I've never, I haven't, to be honest, I haven't seen like a Keldian wedding see that, but I know Nigerians, they be throwing it's, it. And the energy is Worse than a strip ridiculous. club. But my thing is like, it's, to America, we do that in the strip club. For them, they do that at weddings. See, it's different. Because in a strip club, you know, we're throwing money at women. But here, but in Africa, we throw at women as respect. Like, giving her respect. Like, giving her the utmost. Lifting yeah. her high. Yeah, it's kind of like, it's we love our money a lot. Yeah. So we give her our most precious thing. You know, you know what I'm you saying? Know. Not like, and, yeah. and, and a lot of these weddings I'm doing, a lot of these Afro-Caribbean weddings I'm doing is like, like these Nigerian weddings that I'm doing are like three days. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's crazy. I mean, Friday traditional. They do the traditional how the couples met and the groom's parents accepting the bride's parents on yeah. Friday. And then Saturday is like, the ceremony and reception, and then Sunday is like the cookout, like the picnic, like the barbecue on Sunday. Yeah. So I'm DJing like three days straight. Straight, cake it. <laughs> you know? So you I try. Nigerian them. girls live for that. <laughs> you know? I remember I, I tried that, man. I'm like, y'all want me to do what? <laughs> Throw money three days. I was like, you know? I'm like, listen. So I, I just love the energy, and you know, I'm DJing for like a lot of these diverse cultures. Like Jamaicans getting married to Americans, Jamaicans getting married to Africans. You know, Congo getting married to, you know, Arabic. So my job is to bring those two cultures, cultures together. together. And you this know? is why we talk about childhood. Because you were born here as an American, but you have African heritage, yep. it's easy for us to relate to people yep. all throughout the world. Yep. And so, especially different type of black people from Jamaica, Africa, yep. America, where New Zealand, whatever. So as a DJ, I, I have to do my research on that country. Because I'm not from Congo. I'm not from South Africa. I'm not from Kenya. But I have to go and... I don't understand their languages. Some of the languages I do, like I, I do understand Pidgin English, like Nigerian Pidgin English, and I can speak it. And Patois, the Jamaican... What do they call it? Patois? They call it Patois, yeah. See, I don't even know. I'm learning something. Yeah, yeah. So I've heard of Pidgin English, but I never really understood it and all that. But what's yeah. Pidgin English, just in case people don't understand? I mean, Pidgin English is like a slang British English. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. So it's like our English, but another slang to it. Like so you know how you got, you got Southern slang, you got Detroit, like black people slang of yeah, English. Right. Then there's another like Nigerian slang of English and stuff. Like you'll say, I'm I'm about to go to the store, and they'll say like, I go go to the store, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's I true. go come, I, I go come, you know? Yeah, how I you go, day? How you day? How are you? How you day? You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just like in the south, some black people. <laughs> you know, it's just a slang, you know. It's slang just, talk, yeah. It's just. Like in Michigan, we say, what up, though? You know, you, know, you, know. you know, everybody got their own slang. Like, Liberia has their own slang, too. Their English is actually a little bit different than Nigeria. A lot of people don't know. Yeah, so, that's true. You know? That's true. So being as a DJ, you know, I enjoy doing these weddings and these big events that I do. That is, that's So I, I'm geared towards weddings and corporate events okay. and stuff like that. That's what I do. And clubs. I'm DJing in these clubs and, you know. Drop some uh, some clubs that you performed in in Michigan. Oh, just anywhere that people will probably know. Because I know you did it. I've been there when you were at Club, what, Exodus? Exodus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You so, go there a lot. So the Exodus, the club, you the rooftop. That up. Yeah, the rooftop. So I, I have DJed at Exodus, PV Lounge, Centaur, Club Caribbean, Cola. 
Cup Cold. Um, Blue, I think. Yeah, Cup Blue. Yeah, yeah, you sent me something. Delmar Rooftop. Nikki's. Yeah, um, yeah, Nikki's. Yeah, I remember that. I've been all over it. I can't even count. We're not even gonna talk about the halls. The halls. Oh, I've been yeah. in almost every hall in Michigan. Almost. <laughs> you know what I, these call. They just book me and they tell me I need you at this hall and I look it up. But a lot of these halls, they have my contact. You know, you go through them and they'll call me. You know, if you need a DJ. So. Well um, connected. Right at this point, you don't even need to even ask for the business. Right. People pretty much know you by now in right. Michigan, and it's taken you, you know, how many years? About 15, yeah. You know, 15? 15, 18 years, you know. So, DJ's just been, like, my passion. I, I do not, a lot of people don't know, I do not DJ for just women. I have a love for music. And um, that comes secondary to me. You know, I'm very focused on the music. And um, that's just been my thing. I mean, it's just in my blood. I'm the only... DJ in my family. So, like, all my cousins around the world, I have family around the world in China, Europe and stuff, and Australia. A lot of my cousins, they play instruments, violin and all that, and I'm the only DJ in the family. When they heard I was a DJ, they're like, what? You're going to be a DJ? I'm like, yeah, I want to be a DJ. They're like, okay, well, <laughs> we support you. Cool, you know? So, basically, that's just what I've been doing, a little summarization of, you know, my lifestyle. Here's another question. How many hours have you put into DJing? And then talk about how much money you spent on equipment. Just so people know, like, <laughs> what it takes to, you know what I'm saying? See, I, I can't be giving them numbers out. But, you know, my brother here, he well, put me... We gotta get exactly. <laughs> Give him a range. Give him a range. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing. So, I put in a lot of hours when I DJ, basically. I'm up till about four in the morning. I'm up till about, yeah, four in the morning, you know, working on music because I play, like, a numerous amount of genres. I play, like, every genre that is out there. So I have to keep up in every genre, and it's very tough because I'm only one person. But I have networks that I work with, and I have, you know, radio stations in different countries that I, you know, that I work with that actually send me a list, and I go and download, you know, that stuff. And, um... As far as my equipment, I'm still buying equipment. <laughs> so I spent about like, I would say 20 grand on equipment, 30 grand on equipment, I would say. At least. And you bought a car just to fit the equipment. And I've blown speakers and I had to replace them. And each one of my speakers costs like about two grand <laughs> yeah, a so speaker. That's where I only want to say that because when I hear people talk about, oh, I'm passionate about this and I'm going to be the head of this. And then you'd be like, well, what you got? What? And you're like, bro, you ain't even got $50 in, in what you doing. I mean, talk about passion. I was DJing a wedding 2010, and I actually lost all my music, my whole library. Uh, I was DJing, and somebody came up to me trying to request something. And a hard drive just like that hit the ground. And all my music was on it, and I lost everything at once. It hit the ground and just... Stop. I would work somebody. And imagine, I had a wedding to DJ like a week after, and I had to go back and DJ that wedding with CDs. Damn. So, so I all cried. the DJs know that pain. I don't really know that pain. So if you're a DJ listening to this podcast right now, please, I'm begging you, have three backups. <laughs> yeah, three backups, right? Literally. Three, four backups. Even Actually, any content creator, <laughs> have three, four backups. 
Not just on your drive or something. Physical I mean, format. Losing you know, my music. Your mama. I mean, losing my music, it took me another year to like digitize all my CDs. I had like 3,000 CDs. So I would pop like two CDs and go to sleep. Uh-huh. I'd pop two CDs in my two computer, go to sleep. So it took me a year to like digitize all my music again. Damn. After that moment? And, and I remember that time, you know, Best Buy, I think Best Buy or Radio Shack was having like a sale, buy one drive, get one free. And I bought two. Got two for free, and I started backing up everything. So now I have a backup in Michigan, New York, and Maryland. Beautiful. I so I it. fly there to back up all my music. Like I, I'm supposed to once a month, but you know, yeah, I can't. I'm slacking, so I go like once every five months. I try to back up my music. You know, I have like tons of music, like every genre out there. If it's music, I play it. Arabic, Indian, Mexican. You know, bachata, you know, salsa, you know, African music, Afrobeat, Kupidikale, you know, soca, reggae. You name it, I play it. You know? No, not yours. Latin, Absolutely. you know. So, my music, my equipment, I'm still buying equipment. I mean, I just bought a trailer, so it's just like, still you know, up. I'm just working on it, you know. And, I mean, last year with this whole pandemic, it has slowed me down. But, actually, I was thinking about it because... If you remember, like, 2019, I was back-to-back doing gigs. And I didn't have the time that I have now to actually really sit down and work on my craft and take care of stuff that I had to do. Because 2019, I was doing weddings, like, every weekend. I was flying. I remember I was flying to New York, Maryland, Detroit. Then I had to go back to Canada. Then I had to go back to Philadelphia, you know? I was doing all these weddings and stuff, and... I was just burnt out, you know, and now I'm like, I have the time, so. Name some areas you've been to while traveling for DJing, like the traveling? states and cities and stuff like that. DJing? So I've been to, I've DJed in Atlanta, Atlanta, New York, Bronx, Brooklyn, Queens, uh, Jamaica City, New York, uh, Pennsylvania, Kentucky, Ohio. I've been to France, but I did not DJ in France. But I plan on DJing. I plan on DJing in in almost every continent in the world, every country in the world. Man, my so, sister worked there. I mean, lived there over there. So we right, 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 right. We do that this year. Right. Once so they open up the border and everything. So, believe it or not, I have not been traveling like I should be. I mean, What's oh, I, COVID? Did, I did DJ in Vegas in October of last year. So, yeah, I've been to Vegas. Damn, so many Texas. places. Yeah, it's probably a lot. Texas. I'm I think I've been to Texas. I can't even remember because I've had like 50 plus gigs. Yeah. I can't even remember. I know, I know. But there's been, there's been a lot. Yeah. What advice would you give to anybody who's looking to start their own DJ business or looking to get into like the music business, entertainment? Because as a DJ, you got to take it. You got to not only, you got to understand like music, the whole genre, what people want. How to get people moving and everything. And I've seen you like walk, like I've been up there on the stage with you. You'll be like, all right, watch this. He'll switch on something. And then literally, like, people start coming into the middle like this. He's like, watch. I'm like, wow, this is like, <laughs> like yeah. you got to control their minds or something. Yeah, that right there is called crowd control. You got to control your audience. You're the DJ, so you're the one who drives them. They're there to listen to music and have a good time. So you have to give it to them. They're not gonna. You know, so the advice I can give starting out DJing, because when I started out, I did not have all the equipment that I have now. 
So you don't don't go out and buy all this equipment. Number one, <laughs> you're probably not gonna have a twenty ball on you. You know, and even if you do, you probably shouldn't spend that right at first. And, OPM. You know, the advice I'll give is just get your laptop and shadow somebody that is the DJ, and you'll learn. Don't say you know it all. Even if you know it all, just act like you don't know it, just so you can gain their knowledge, and so that they'll you know? be more willing to share their knowledge. You know? So, you know, that's what I did. I actually, you know, I shadowed my uncle, DJ Sam, for a couple of years. And he would never let me mix anything or play music. So I was just there to help him, like, load equipment and hook up the speakers and stuff. So I would say, like, I tell people all the time, just get you a MacBook, get you a laptop. I got the equipment. Just rent it from me. You know, you don't have to go out and buy all this equipment. I got it. Whatever you need, I got it. So... Make your money. You know, I have like three, four different setups. I can send you away with two subs, two speakers, and you go make money. You go make a thousand dollars a night. You don't have to go and buy all this equipment, waste your money. Exactly. You know. So I'm actually training three DJs right now. I'm ta- I'm training two female DJs and one male. And um, basically, I'm trying. I'm training them to learn how to, to just be on their own, basically. And uh, you know, I mean, the advice I can say is just start. Don't rush it. And you got to have a passion for music. Don't do it for the money. Don't do it for the women. Don't do it because the fame. You got to do it because you have a passion for music. Correct. Like you know? all the greats. All that rest of the stuff, you know, Come guys, later. you know, I ain't going to cuss over here, but guys and women, they will come. If you're looking to be a DJ to get guys and women, just do the fundamentals and the rest will come. But you got to have focus on music. You got to... um. Because I've been, I've been to a lot of events. Like, these DJs buy all this equipment and they don't know how to use it. And my mom's like, can you go help that guy? And I'm like, eh. And there's been a time where I did help somebody. And even he was dancing behind me. What? And the crowd was dancing. And the owner of the party, she wanted to pay me, like, $500. And I told her to give it to the guy. And he was like, man, all that music you got, can I have it? I was like, Sure. I just took out my flash drive and gave it to him. You see, that's how we are, bro. It's like, it's that simple. We got enough sauce to pass around. You know, I mean, but I would advise, you know, people to just take their time with DJing and study the music. You have to study the genre that you're going to play. And you have to have a niche. I play for, I play every genre, but my specialty is Afro-Caribbean. Yeah, and that's very important in yeah. all businesses. Yeah. Any business you in, you, have you to need have to a have niche. a specialty, a niche yeah. that you're good at, you know? Because you can't be every, you can't be a DJ, no. play every song, no. Chinese music, so, rap, you know, country. You gotta, you know, people don't know what to call you, you for. Know, you know, don't get me wrong, you'll call me. I, I'll throw some, I can play Sada Baby. Yeah. Okay. Don't think I, because I'm African, I don't know about trap, Sada Baby, T Grizzly, and all that. Yeah. You know, uh, WAP, that, those new songs that came out. Um, yeah. Old, you know, all those songs that came I can play that stuff, but my niche is Afro-Caribbean. So if you get me, I'm going to introduce you to Afro-Caribbean. You ain't even introduced me to it. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? I knew some, but you put me on to a lot, and I, re- I really appreciate you know, that. You know, so... And control your crowd. You got to know your crowd that's in the in the venue, you know? For sure. And, um, I mean, now nowadays it's easy to become a DJ. It's not like... Before, where you had to go buy CDs and stuff. Now you can just download music online, but have the best quality of music, you know. So Absolutely. that's all I can. That's all I can tell people. You know, we're gonna take a break on the business because you're talking about you know female and male, all this stuff and relationships. Talk a little bit about 
Because to you, to me, like, you're one of them guys, like, I don't know if it's because you're a DJ, but I feel like you're more like a, a ladies' man. You know what I'm <laughs> I'm not trying to, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's something. Now, now I get it. It may have something to do with the DJ. But for all the guys and girls out there, what advice would you give to guys who are looking to find the mate they want and then for girls that are looking to find the mate they want? Like, just a couple simple things. In your opinion, through what you've seen, because you, you've been involved in a lot of marriages. A lot of different cultures, travel the world. You, you've met a lot of people that, you know, people who have a regular job at Ford. You're not meeting hundreds and hundreds of new people year after year after year. Just like a salesman. Like, you know, I've met all, all type of different Caucasian people, Indians, Africans. Just by just doing business, you get to meet a lot of different people. You know, when you have a job and you work at your job, you pretty much get to know, like, a lot of your coworkers and, you know, the people that come into your place of business. But when you're a self-employed person or a business owner, you, you end up touching a lot more people. Not saying that if you're in brick and mortar, you don't, but just add on, on a few things that you would give guys advice on mm-hmm. or just some, just things that would help. And then same thing for the chicks in your opinion. Well, you know, on my social media, I post a lot about guys and chicks, shit that, you know, things that we need to do and that they need to do. The number one thing Everybody has to do. You have to find somebody who values you. That's the number one thing. Somebody who values you because of who you are. You know, I tend to talk to people and never tell them I'm African. You know, because of what I've had. You know, I've actually, in my lifetime, I had somebody who I talked to. And I told them, like, okay, this is what I did. Hey, look on my pages here. They asked me, like, okay, so you're African? Oh, you're African? Oh, I can't fuck with you because you might have Ebola. That's what someone actually told me a couple years ago. And I'm like, this dumb. (laughs) You know, I was... No way. I've never heard that And then she came back and tried to apologize to me, you know. But she black African-American, right? She's African-American. She's just been brainwashed. That's all. She can't think for herself. You know, so... She all right. We love you. You just have to find somebody who values you and who is going to help you. They're not going to help you 100%, but... When you're in a relationship, you split it 50-50. So, yep. I mean, you got to... No, that's, that's a major thing because some people don't think it's 50-50. I've talked to some some girls yeah. from the homeland. It's like, nah, it's 75-25. Nah. You're lucky. Really, they want to say it's zero. You're my way, honey, on you. Hey, I'm sorry to say, ain't no women going to be taking care of me. I, I, well, I'm talking the other way around. Like, they right, want right. to be taking care of yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, well, that too. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't want nobody taking care of me, and I'm not about to take care of nobody. Right. We, we all help grown. each other. We all help each other. You know, but I, I'm not for that. And, you know, and it's funny because pretty much all my exes that I've dated in my lifetime, I've taught them about African music. I've cooked for them. And I've been given this, you know, <laughs> this African, you know. Yeah. So. He's been doing his thing. We just know, see that. Pretty much, I've taught all of them. I've taught, like, some of them how to drive. I've taught some of them about life, you know, how to help them build their credit. You sent me some them. girls that needed a couple houses. You, at least oh, you yeah. sent me like at least three girls. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, I'm like, All right. and you know, I just do my thing as a good person, you know, try to maintain a good friendship with them. But, you know, they don't want to they don't want to stick to that. They want to try to use me in some kind of way, which is OK. It's life. But you need to find somebody who values you and who is going to like be there for Better or worse. Right. Whether right. you got money or you don't got money. You right. Whether you popping or not. Or not. Whether you, know. you can buy a Birkin bag or not, you know, right? That is somebody real. 
Like, during the pandemic, I know a lot of people have broken up because their spouse income is going down during a pandemic. Like, that's not how it's... Like... That ain't real love. You know, I've seen some people that have gotten divorced because they're making more money than their spouse and they're hiding it or doing whatever. And, And I'm like, that's not the way it should be. You know, if you are married with somebody and they are not able to help them get back on the level that you are. You know, don't just... Yeah, disrespect or anything like that. You know, like you know, I had to tell a couple of people, like, if the person wants to get divorced with you, you need to reevaluate yourself. Maybe, you know, whether you're making more money than the person, you need to help the person in the household. Yep. You can't just let the person just pay for everything. Yep. You know? It won't last that way. You know, it definitely won't last. I mean... What do you think uh, has helped... Like the marriages you've been at, what do you think makes a successful marriage? You know, just more points on what you said about what makes a successful relationship and marriage, because you you worked at a lot and you've seen the people, and so I'm pretty sure you probably talked to them. So um, when people get married, and you notice something. You, so notice? I mean, me, I've never been married. I'm single. I've never been married, but you know, I DJed a lot of you know weddings, and I become the planner. I become their counselor. I become all that for them. So I see a lot of a lot of people who get married. You need to build a friendship with that person before getting married to that person. You need to get to know that person. But when you get married, you're still getting to know the person. But you need to be sure. Don't just marry a person because of their materialistic things. Correct. You're trying to get a visa. You're trying to gain their money. You're trying to get flight benefits. You try. Don't marry them for those things. Marry them because who they are. and You want to grow with the person. You know, that's what you should get married to. So I agree. You know, I, I've done a lot of lot of weddings and yeah, some of my weddings they have broken up because how like, many you say? Like, I would say on average, like out of like, you know, what DJ, how many weddings? About 60, 70 weddings? Uh, 60, 70 weddings, right? 50, 50, 60 weddings. And I will say about I will say about a percentage. <laughs> it's all within the last what? Ten years? I would say about 40% of the weddings I've did have broken up today. No way. I would say close to half. What? And the reason, is being, the reason being is like some of them just got married to get their papers, to get their citizenship. And it just didn't work out. Or some of them just got married to this person because they thought they were going to gain something from that person. Yeah. yeah. And they didn't. Wake you know? up, folks. So forty percent wasted all that. And then how much? How much do you think them people that spend on their marriages on average? Because on the wedding, they paying you a couple of grand. So oh I, yeah, they're talking. We're talking fifty hundred grand. Oh yeah, they they spend some money. Hundred fifty thousand. And I'm like, and I talk to all my clients. I say, hey, do you want to have a big wedding or a small wedding? What's your budget? What's this that? And you know, and they're like. Oh, we're gonna, okay, okay. I said, okay, y'all want to go out? Okay. Y'all want to go all out? All Everybody want to go all, all right. out. Because most African weddings go all out. You know, they spend money. Like, and these are they African plan. weddings, right, that are getting like 40% yeah. on average. Do. Wow. I would say a mixture of both African and American. Okay, yeah, yeah. From my clients. Um, but overall, the, across the board, it's like 40 to 50% are getting divorced within 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. And... um. You know, America is a stressful country. Don't let that stress get into your marriage. And don't let other people get into your marriage. When you're married with somebody, everything that happens, if you guys fight, it should be between you and your spouse. 
Don't go and tell your best friend. Because your best friend is going to influence you to cheat. If they're a good best friend, they won't influence you to do those things. To do something wrong, yeah. I see a lot of these ladies, like, they're like, oh, my husband is that. And the best friend, like, okay, girl, let's go to a party. And then, you know. It's even worse off. Yeah, they just want somebody to go out with that night. Because that girl's single. You know, yeah, you know what I'm and I'm like, no, you're arguing with your husband. You need to right. sit down. You sit down. You shouldn't be going to the club first you know? thing. Uh, you need to get out. You know, Stop it. You need to figure out why he's upset about what you do, and the rest will go on. Absolutely. All right, I love that. I you love know? that. Just, I always like to touch on love because <laughs> you can't have health, love, I'm, and I'm happiness without it. I'm still looking for love. Until, up to today, I don't know. What's wrong with these? It's, it's this world, man. This This is just ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, the world is what it is. You know, I'm, a I, I'm all about adapting. Yeah, yeah. I, I adapt yeah. to the scenario. You know what I'm saying? So to me, it, it's so it's so easy and clear to see what you need to do to you know to get what you want. I was just telling a young lady two days ago, Christian. I was just telling a young lady yesterday. I'm gonna put her out there. I'm not gonna say her name, but I'm gonna put her out there. Yeah, yeah. She did it to herself. So I'm done. Go two ahead. days ago, we had a snow blast, and you know, snowstorm. Yeah. A snowstorm, and she wanted me to come over. Now, I've been talking to her since I was in high school, and she's been just playing me for years. And um, she apologizes to me. I forgave her, but she's just still on this thing. She hasn't grown. So a few days ago, we had a snowstorm. She wanted me to come over. I came over in the snowstorm, and the intention I was giving to her, she did not give me the same intention. Energy. I was giving her energy, you know, I, that was actually a day before my birthday. So I drove in the snowstorm to her house a day before my birthday to give her energy and attention. And she that did she not. she was asking for. That she was asking for. For months. Yeah. And she did not give it back to me in return. So now, you know, I'm not calling her no more. I'm, and she's like, why am I not calling her and stuff like that? And I'm like, well, to be honest, you have not grown. And you are making the same mistakes and apologizing. I don't know what's wrong with you, but, you know, I'm done. I'm fed yeah, up with I, it. I you know? got a lot of females like that. <laughs> you know? Because I, I told her, I'm like... Male, same way. It's not no, it's not a male-female thing, but... I'm like, I've done it before. I could have came over... That has to be on the same tip. And left. I could have came over, seen you, and left. While you got in the shower or whatever, I could have just left. And you would have never seen me again. And actually, the next morning, you know, I woke up. And I left. I was just like, I'm never coming to this again. You know me, my perspective. <laughs> you know my perspective. I ain't gonna say right now. I took now. my stuff and left. So I know she's gonna be listening to this podcast, and I told her I'm gonna put her in this podcast. That's I'm not right. gonna say her name, but I mean, I'm a simple person. I feed off your energy. You give me good energy, I give you good energy. Right. You give me bad energy, I give you bad energy. Same, yeah. I may, be, I may be this nerdy, smart guy, you know, intelligent guy, but, hey, I can be a thug, too. Shit. I never thought of you as a nerd. <laughs> you a DJ, man. Well, but I know you are smart technology-wise. Like Because I fix computers and I fix, you know, all types of stuff and stuff like that. You so, have an engineering mind. You know, engineering I mind. mean, it just comes down to people don't know what they want. And that's why if you don't know what you want, you shouldn't go out to the marketplace. That's just that simple. You know what I'm saying? Be very clear what you want. 
and tell people clearly, like, if you don't want a relationship, you want to play around, that's fine. But if you want a relationship, you need to act and show these qualities. So it's all simple. And it applies, same rules apply to females, apply to males, applies to everybody. And everybody got to respect everybody. Nobody got to, you know what I'm It's got to be balanced. So. And, and I told her it was my birthday and she did not, like, she made me feel like crap on my birthday. So that's the reason why I left early in the morning. That's crazy. Nah, she's like, oh, I want to take you out. This, that, this, that. I'm like, Okay. We, we straight, we straight. Don't worry, bro. We and, I had, and I had to tell her, like, okay, I'm going to do this podcast with my guy brother that I haven't seen in, you know, a while. So I'm going to my guy. She's like, oh, you can't do that another time. I'm like, nope, this family, nope. Bye. Nope. Talk nope. to you later. Nope. <laughs> hey, listen, bro. We about to, listen, we can go to Vegas, Florida, Cali. I need a vacation. You just let me know. I actually, you know. Uh, you know what I'm saying? You're, you know what I'm saying? You plugged in, so let me know. My know, birthday was in January. She was making me feel like crap, and I told her, and I'm like, look, I'm going to Florida tomorrow. Catch you. <laughs> I know. And she's like, oh, you going to Florida? Oh, no. Like, I know, bro. I did. Listen, listen. I'm booking it right now. <laughs> no bullshit. You know how I'll be traveling, right? Every time I travel, I have at least three chicks hit me up. No lie. Every time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't. Especially, especially, there's always one that when I get back, like, are you? How was it? I'm like, we ain't talked in months. Why on the sudden you want to hit me That's up now? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, bro. It's weird. Like, it's not weird, bro. We just, it's just how I want to think. It's a little soft. We ain't talking about too much right now. We're going to have another episode on that. But on that, yeah, It's on a sauce on, on, on that one. On we, that. We, but, but I'm just like, listen. I got my own car. I got my own place. I got my own businesses. Two got, of them. I got a career. Right. I, got, I got flight benefits. All I need is your attention. And a little bit of time. I don't need much. I got everything. I can book my flight. I went to Philly for lunch. Flew there for lunch and back. What the f they, do I need? Hey, they, listen. Listen, listen. If I want to book a flight right now, when I'm bored, I would just be like, one day I thought about it. I'm like, ah. Listen, book one this weekend. I'm not playing. You know, I really want to go. I can hop on a flight I really like want to go to Vegas. Hey, I'll take you, bro. I we can go. go. Vegas, we that's can literally, what I, hey, I haven't been. Listen, hey, first class of business. What do you want? Your pick, man. Shit, what's I, the difference? Hey, hey, they're both good. You're both going to get lit. <laughs> hey, I like first class. We're going to do first class. Every time I fly, it's first class of business. I don't fly, you know, basic economy. I fly. The first thing I ask, am I getting that? And with Delta Airlines only. Yeah. I don't fly Spirit. <laughs> I don't fly American. All right, we're not doing no Spirit over here. Hey, I don't fly Greyhound. <laughs> yeah, we don't use Greyhound. <laughs> Literally. No, I'm serious, but you know what's funny? Like, you know, I got a couple friends, you know, that, you know, got a serious bag, and they kind of say what you're saying, but my friends that have, like, no jobs, no car, they got hella hope. But that's, that's not the point, but it, it's crazy. So all we got to do, really, we just got to raise our expectations for everybody. And, and at the end of the day, bro... The way you're thinking, you, we all going to attract what we want for us. And I already yeah. know, you you acting all like this, but I, I know you probably got at least, you got a couple in the stables. No, I, I ain't going to lie. I ain't going to yeah, lie. You acting like, oh, yeah, yeah, gee. See, you got a whole... See, my bro just put me out here. I, 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 I didn't mean it like that. I ain't going to lie. But you ain't really <laughs> suffering. I, I ain't going to lie. I knew, I knew okay. that same day you probably went somewhere else. <laughs> Let's just be real. I ain't gonna lie. I, I do. Can we talk about the cop thing? You know, I, I, well, let me. Just, uh, are we gonna let, get let, people in trouble? Let, let, let me get there. Let me get there. Okay. So basically, you know, we'll in, give a PG. I, I am what we call, 
I'll say in French, we call it like fee bonbon. It's called fee bonbon. Uh-huh. That's like ladies' candy. So I would say I'm a ladies' candy, you know? You are. That's your thing. You are. It's so, all talking to everything. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm not gay. Come on. I'm, but I do like, you know, but I'm picky. I'm picky. I look for a certain thing in you. If you don't have it, you're not even going to get my time. Yeah. If you have it, your features and stuff like that, now he wants me to talk about. Well, because I think it's crazy. I don't. I think it was more than. It was. We ain't got to say what happened. <laughs> Let's just talk about the people you dated. Just that the, that scenario. So yes, I do have a few, or I'll say, police officer in my circle. There we go. I like you it. Know? Smart. It's twenty twenty. Be careful, you my know? baby. So. You know, and she, you know, she understands, you know, her role. She understands her role and she knows what she's doing and stuff like that. And she, you know, she does her job. A lot of police officers, they actually, they don't intend to shoot people, you know. And she's one of those that she just wants to go in, collect her check, and go home safely. Most people, most cops are like that. You know, so she's really cool. It's actually funny because when I met her, she did not have her uniform on. I did not even know she was a cop. And, um... She was just sitting at one of my... Actually, Exodus. When I was DJing at Exodus, she was sitting there, and see, she's probably going to be listening to this thing, and she's probably going to kill me. <laughs> don't, don't, don't say too much. But no, I'll just be brief. I'll just be brief. She was sitting at Exodus, and I was DJing, and, you know, I got down from the booth, and I just saw her sitting down, and, oh, you drinking something? And I told my bartenders to just get her something, you know, to drink, and then, you know, we just started, you know, talking, kicking it. And then I actually had... Another police officer where we were in 7-Eleven. And um, you know how some of y'all ladies, y'all go buy these guns with colors. Yeah, the bro, purple, yellow, pink pistols, pink, pink nine millimeters. Yeah. This chick had her gun on her hip wide open. I literally grabbed it. <laughs> what? And she was like, oh, my God. You're da, da, da. And I'm like, you know, you shouldn't be walking around. No, she wasn't a cop. She was actually, she was, she was a civilian, but she just had her gun with her. And she had it wide open. She had open carry, yeah. Yeah, she had an open carry. But she had her wide open. And I grabbed it. I'm like, you know, you shouldn't really be flashing it like that. I could have easily just shot you. And she said, give me my gun. I said, I'm going to give you a gun. I'm not going to shoot you. I'm going to give you your gun. I got mine. I'm going to give you one. Right, right, right. Back. I got mine. You, <laughs> you know? feel? But... Strapped up. Oh. The way you, you know, I seen a video on Facebook. This guy like literally snatched somebody else's gun. Yeah. And I'm like, first rule, bro, you shouldn't not... show. Women, show. If you, ladies, if you are listening to this podcast, don't flash your gun. We should not know you have a gun. Element of surprise. Hide it. Hide it. You know, don't just. I know you're because now, uh, to be honest, you. People I know in that, you know what I'm saying? You People just made crazy. yourself a target. Yeah. You're making like now, a now they was going to be gentle. Now they know they yeah. got to come in strong on. Yeah. Me? People don't know I have a gun until they see me with it. But you won't see me with it because I, I keep it undisclosed. And I have security, too. If you don't see me with my gun, security, I have my security yeah. with yeah. me. Yeah. And my security, they don't play. Yeah. Like, they are I remember that one. They're big boys. Right. They're like 6'6". Six, six. You know? So... Lebron, you know, but you know, back, you know, back to that. Yeah, yeah we, you know, I had an officer. Okay, I just think that's funny. I just think that, but he it, thinks it's funny. But hey, <laughs> I like it about that. Uh, <laughs> well, you had was it one or? We got I, had a, I had a couple. I'm not gonna. Lie. Yeah, a couple. Yeah, we, we just, that's what made it one cop. I get, 
But you over here, I, like, no, it's they, like a couple they're, cops. They're, they're actually friendly people. You just talk to them. I mean, they'll talk back. You no, know? Yeah. They're not always mean. True. You know, I had I'm one. Not... I had one that pulled me over, and she's like, keep your hands on the stairway. And I'm like, you know, you were just so beautiful. You, you know? was just kicking with her? I was just talking my stuff. And she's like, and I'm like, you know, you are so beautiful. You don't have to write me a ticket. She didn't write you Let one? me take you out. You know, I'm a DJ. Yeah, I'm here. And she was like, you're very sweet. You know, da 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 and she wrote me a ticket, but she didn't write me. I think she wrote me a ticket for like impeding traffic. Yeah. Instead she still of still had a girl in the back. Yeah. Did you take her, but you took her out, right? Oh yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Afterwards, I was like, okay, I, on the back of that ticket, write your number. And, and she, she did. did. She hey. went to her squad car and wrote the number. <laughs> I swear, man, I only hang with the best. So, so I just like you know, just and is that that's a like we we not I'm not trying to expose you too much, so we gonna move on to the next topic because I know after this, oh okay. <laughs> What's the officer's name? <laughs> All right, man. Because we ain't saying no, we ain't saying no departments, nothing. We ain't getting nobody in trouble. All right, so we're gonna bring it to the end. I'm gonna say this. Let's talk about like if you could give advice to your son or your daughter on life, what three things would you give advice so we give them that last value on how to live a healthier, wealthier, and happy life? Be the best you you can be. Love it. Don't worry about me, because like our parents. They've lived through life. So we don't have to try to be our parents. We have to try to be the best us we can. That's all our parents want us to do. You know, we just have to focus on our goals that we want. Because, I mean, my father has a cleaning company. And he he wants me to take over it. But I'm doing my the things I want to do. Your own do. company. You started your own two companies that you want you know? to do. Oh, yeah. We started talking about the landscaping yeah. company. Yeah. Talk about how you went to... Real talk. Real quick. Talk about real quick how you went to that conference. <laughs> How you're the only uh, so, dark-skinned person there. And, yeah, yeah, talking about that <laughs> landscaping. So, actually, I've been cutting grass for about four or five years now. Running a lot. Yeah, yeah. Doing landscaping. I've been cutting grass. But I last year was the year that I actually started taking it serious. And I remember the day I called Christian uh, and I was like, bro, I think I want to do a landscaping. And I remember... I remember he was like bitching at me on the radio, like, like how would you reinvent the wheel? Blah 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 blah. Like nigga, you a DJ. Now you about to be DJ long. And he did it. Nigga said, see. But you know, when he was like, I was just listening in my car and I was driving, and he was bitching at me, like, why would you reinvent the wheel? Why would you do this? And I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna show this motherfucker. I'm gonna show this guy. I know. That, I, you know? know. <laughs> I wasn't but, saying that he couldn't, but I was like, nigga, you already killing this DJ shit. <laughs> So I was like, you know what? I'm going to show him, man. I'm going to show him. So what I did was, you know, because during the pandemic, you know. And I wasn't coming like that, just so you know. No, no, I, I know, I know. You know, I, I needed that. I needed that voice in my ear I do to push me. Though. To give you. me, you know, give me a shove in the back. So I that, do that to everybody. That's, that's why I do that. That's what changed started. That whole night, hey, Johnny. Yeah. Don't, you know, that, I don't do that. That shit don't work. Yeah. That, I learned that, that with dealing with contractors. Yeah. That actually helped me a lot because uh, it really pushed me. And I really thought about it. I'm like, okay. So what I did was, like, my landscaping, you know, I just started cutting, like, little residentials and stuff. And uh, I bought my first mower off of Facebook Marketplace, I think it was. Yeah. Xmark 36-inch mower. And I bought it off of Facebook from somebody in Harrison Township. I didn't have a trailer. I went and rent a trailer just to pick it up. And, um, you know, I started doing, like, little residentials in my neighborhood. And then, you know, word of mouth... My mom would just tell people that I'm I'm cutting grass and doing stuff. So I started. And, um, you know, I partnered up with my partner, Carl Dunson, Kingdom Cuts. So we've been just 
cutting grass, killing it. Just you know, like, you know, we actually work for the state, so we've been cutting like two seventy five and all these big, you know, contracts and stuff like that. And this year we're gonna be kicking butt again as as soon as uh, the grass starts growing. So just to summarize it, I mean, landscaping. It's something I like doing. I like cutting grass, cutting trees, doing stuff. Yeah, like you like that. to be on the outside. Yeah, you know, I understand outside, that. Stuff like that. And I actually, I actually served with some of your properties. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's true. That's true. That's true. This, this past year, and you know, a couple, yeah, a couple of my and my uh, a couple of my friends' properties right, too. Right. So yeah, you did a couple. You, you, you did a couple of the houses. Yeah, I remember that. So, I almost forgot. Yeah. Yeah. So just to summarize it, I mean, I like being an entrepreneur. I do Overall. work for the airlines. I work for Delta Airlines, but. I like to be an entrepreneur. I like to be my own boss. Oh, let's talk about that club that when we did that Halloween event. Oh. How we put money on that. You know, yeah. we spent a couple, a couple thousand on it. Made it, a couple thousand that day. This was, yeah, this is my fifth Halloween party I've done over the years. That was fun. And, uh, yeah, that was that was a good success. I mean. We had at least 150. Oh, yeah. About 150 people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, I it mean, was... how many how many liters did we buy uh, like Henny in? I know a lot. <laughs> Listen, I spent at least 500 on Patron and Henny. I, I know a lot. And that wasn't even all the drinks. You know <laughs> I know a lot, and everybody had a good time. It was it was really good. I didn't expect to see what I seen. We had some hood people in there, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We had some oh, hood yeah. people. And that was dope. They just pulled up. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Banging oh, yeah. some cider outside. They had, like, 20s on. We're like, come in. Yep, yep. We had security. Yep. We know we always got the blower on us, so. It was wonderful. So, you know, just to summarize... Be the best you you can be. I mean, just don't think because you don't have all this money, you don't have all this stuff, you know. It's going to come. Just keep working hard, too. I know the pandemic has shoved everybody to take a different career. And you wait, wait, wait. You started this landscaping business in the pandemic. Yes, during the pandemic. Okay, I just want to make sure of that. Yeah. So you started a business during yeah. the pandemic. Yeah. Because just because they, they stopped your DJ and said, you're like, I'm not about to stand around and wait for some stimulus or SBA no, loans. No, I wasn't. Like, no, we're going to get to the bag. I, I applied for unemployment, and I didn't get unemployment till like June, July, like 4th of July. Damn. Oh. I was suffering. And, and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to wait on the government to give me money. I'm going to go make my own money, you know? Yep, so why money to be made out here. I can go clean houses and make money. Right, literally. You know? I, my, my, the last cleaning lady, bro, she charged me like <laughs> four, it was like four or five hundred dollars. <laughs> and she was there for about a day. About I'm a like, day. God. <laughs> man, I would have you know? took, I would have went over there and stopped what I did, cleaned the house, paid myself. Actually, no, I don't know anymore if it's worth my time, but I probably would. I still would. I'm like, wait, five? Hold yeah. on. So everybody that's trying to like get my the system and you know get unemployment and Angle. waiting on stimulus, don't wait on it. Make your own money. It's money to you can switch jobs. Man. It's a lot of people hiring, looking for people. I know people that made one of my boys made like eight grand off selling masks. And he don't oh, even yeah. sell oh, masks. Oh yeah. He got a separate business. Oh yeah. Tete. He's been selling masks like crazy. Yup, yup, you know? yup. Making and, shirts. And he works for Chrysler, but he's just like people like every time they buy like a collection of outfits, they buy masks too. Because yep. that's like the thing now. You need to have a mask before you get into Walmart. Anything, yeah, that's you know? true. So, so give like two more bits of things that you would say. You said be yourself. Don't try to be like your parents or anybody else. Be the best version of you can be. And then just two other things or books or conferences or anything you did. That you would tell your son or daughter that give a lot of value. Okay, yeah. It don't I have mean, to be a, a saying. It could be a book, anything, seminar, okay. food to eat, whatever. Okay, yeah. Working I would out. say, I would say, be yourself. Yes, with this whole Corona thing, you need to be healthy. 
So you need to work out. You need to eat vitamins. Take your vitamins. You need to eat good food. And I mean, honestly, listen to podcasts that can get you like on your feet. And I know this whole thing, depression, try to get into something. Join something. Join a club. I mean, join a group, you know. For real. We need each other during this pandemic. Even though we're separated, they say social distance. I don't know. In Africa, there's no corona. So I don't know what's going on here. Right, and they, but... people live all together. And all... <laughs> I mean, they're here, but it ain't like how it is in America. You know. America, we, but, we keeping it alive somehow. I will say everybody, just be themselves. Don't worry about everything. Everything is going to be all right. And just, you know, pray. And just, just stay healthy. Everybody needs to work out. Yeah, for sure. I'm a big and, fan on that. I don't even talk to girls that don't work out. I mean, yeah. I do, but well. I won't date a girl that doesn't well. work out. I think it's lazy. I'm I'm very tough. Because you know, I work out. You, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. Everything got to be even. I ain't about yep. to be out here looking like Zeus cut out the marble. And then you looking like trailer park girls. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm just joking. So, you know, everybody just take care of themselves. And, um, I mean... Oh, uh... Real quick, real quick, before I forget, mm-hmm. how can people follow you or if they want to get your services for DJing or if they mm-hmm. want to get coached or mentored you by DJing? How can they get in contact with you, like Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn? What what form would you like them to get in contact with you? Okay, so on Facebook... And I'll leave um, a link in the description in that information. Right. On Facebook, I'm still... Actually, I'm still in the process of finishing up my website. But on Facebook, you can follow me at Van... Tobias, Facebook, Spell or V-A-N-T-O-B-I-A-S on Facebook, or on Instagram, VDJ Tobias underscore, or Van Tobias underscore. You can follow me on YouTube, Van Tobias. Pretty much, they Google Van Tobias, they're going to find everything. Pretty much, yeah. If you Google Van Tobias or VDJ Tobias, You'll pretty much find everything that I have up there, and we'll we'll drop it in the description. So okay. And I didn't know you were coaching three other DJs. Are you willing to to help other people who want to get involved in the DJing and landscaping business on how to start their own? Yeah, I, yo, yeah. I mean, uh, just hit me up. I mean, two o'clock in the morning, you can send me a question. You know, I I have people who are actually sending me questions now as we speak, and I gotta I gotta check my messages. But yeah, just. If you're curious about how to DJ on Facebook Live or anything, or you want to record stuff, like even you want to get the best sound quality for you know your podcast, or you want to do, I know I know a lot of a lot of people they want to start doing podcasts on my Facebook page. Just hit up me and Christian, and we can we can show you guys how to do it, show you the equipment you need. You want to learn how to DJ? I say just first thing get a laptop and just contact me, and I'll, I'll walk you through the rest. I'll help you out. Absolutely. And that's and that's another thing I love about you because you're an amazing giver. And I really want to appreciate you from coming all the way from the west side over here to the east side to, to record this. And it's always a pleasure seeing you. And I've learned a lot today. And I've known you since I was born. Like, literally. Like, I probably, when I was born, I probably met you within, like, two to three months. You know, I was, you probably say, sooner than that. Like, we basically grew up together. So, and I learned a lot, even about your mom, your dad, and your life. And um, I really appreciate everybody for putting in the time to listen to this podcast. I know we're getting close to an hour and a half, but there's a lot of details, a lot of things we had to talk about. And as you guys know, I like to cover everything. Um, Health, wealth, love, happiness, relationships, money, uh, your childhood, future, everything like that. And we're always looking 
to uh, provide value, teaching, or helping anyone accomplish their goals. And then also uh, giving any type of advice from what we've been through or just letting people know our story so it can better help you. So this is Christian again and my boy. Savannah's Tobias. A lot of people don't know. <laughs> don't know your name. Yeah, I know. They're going to be like, your name's Savannah? Savannah Tobias. Savannah Tobias. You know what's crazy? I never called you Tobias so yeah. recently. Like, I always called you Savannah since I was a kid. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then when everybody, I'm like, what the, who is that? Like, I really got confused. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, yes, you do. <laughs> like, Savannah's? I'm like, yeah, so... I want to appreciate everybody for for listening in. And this is Chris and I I am out and I will see you guys on another podcast. Take care and have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to today's recording of Healthy, Wealthy, Happy. This is your host, Christian Shabby. And if you would like to stay in more contact with me and get to know me a little bit more, you can check me out on my YouTube channel, which is Christian Shabby. Let me spell that for you. C-H-A-B-I. And also, uh, we have a website that you can also get phenomenal information, schedule a time to speak with me, one-on-one consultation, all that fun stuff, and get to listen and watch a few testimonials and check out my book something ain't right which is all on my website which is guess what also called christianshabi.com www.christianshabi.com all right thank you and have a blessed day